Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Star Trek Reliant, a UGC Starbase podcast. Uh, I would just real quick before we start like to give a little shout out to Augmented Dictator Gaming. Uh, he's had some health problems recently, and uh, Augie, we're all hoping you get better soon. Feel better, man. And I'd like to give an update on that. Augie is feeling very much better. He is alive, awake, and back to his grumpy, acerbic self. And, and we love him. And we love you, Augie. Keep getting better, man, because we miss you. Always, always. Anyway, tonight I will be your GM. My name is Gerilyn Blackwell. Somehow these idiots haven't realized that I'm going to do horrible things to them. Oh, wait, I, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Uh, my players are in for a wonderful adventure tonight because, of course, I have well planned this out. Anyway, starting off, let's go ahead and start with our cast. Uh, playing our engineer, Rick Tier, we have Bazag. Hello, hello, hello. The engine's running well, at least for now, anyway. And we'll see what uh, is still in the brig of the Reliant. Did I mention that Duncan Idaho couldn't make it this week? So we're minus one Captain Graves. And that means in charge of the ship, and quite possibly our fates, is Dr. Eli O'Connor. This is Yuri Yeager speaking. I'm having a nice big captain right now, and I'm ready to do work. Wait. Shell-shocked and still trying to deal with the weirdness of the 25th century. <sighs> you really got a feel for him. It's our stranded spaceman. DB. Wells. Hi, I'm Sammy. I still barely know anything about Star Trek. Uh, and I'm happy to, I happily learned last time that apparently I made several references that actually make sense unintentionally. Accidentally correct is the best kind of correct. Rounding out our cast this evening, we have the ever formidable Nausicaan Chorog, played by JB. Nobody move! I lost me brain. And also, I am Pirate Scum Gaming, and I play our resident pirate, security expert, and tardigrade wrangler. That last one possibly being the most difficult job on the ship. You have no idea. Good, but true, but anyway. Past the opening with the bombastic, uplifting Star Trek score and our names up in lights. Oh, I'm the executive producer tonight, aren't I special? Anyway, past that, the camera zooms in on the Reliant as it moves in to dock at the decrepit old TOS-style station Magellan. Because it is here, while Captain Graves is off doing his captainly duties, that the crew is going to try and help out the locals with some of their problems. I'm not sure who this is going to work out worse for. As the crew unloads, first off the camera turns and follows engineer Rick Tier as he moves into the station and is almost immediately grabbed by a counterpart from the station, a small Riothan named Engineer Gas, who looks up at him and says, I, uh, I um, 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 we, um, could you help us? Uh, yes, what's the problem? And his brow sort of furrows as if <clears throat> this is unusual that they're asking me for help. Well, we, we don't have many experienced engineers. I mean, I really only started doing this a few weeks ago. And um, we're, well, we're replacing the warp cores on the station to bring it 
into line with modern power requirements. And uh, that means that we have to activate the new core and we have to shut the old one down. All right, uh, let me call in a team and we'll, uh, we can help you assist with that. Your, your assistance is uh, most appreciated. Uh, when you're ready, come down to the engineering deck, uh, deck uh, 14. Uh, that's where the new warp core is. The old warp core is up on deck 12. Uh, after we've confirmed the new warp core is stable, we'll go ahead and power down the old one to, uh, well, get rid of it. I would like to uh, have someone there just to monitor the old, just in case there's some kind of uh, power flux or or um, feedback loop that is created. That's part of the reason we would like you here. I mean, this place is held together with prayers and bailing wire. All right, uh, I will get my team together and meet you down at Deck 14. Uh, all right, thank you, thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll see you there. And he scampers off. Next, the camera zooms in on D.B. Wells as he is exiting the starship onto the decrepit space station filled with two-foot-tall rat people, which would be kind of weird, except he met some last week. The uh, little rats basically move to and fro. A few of them stare up at him, apparently able to discern that he's a little bit out of place here. One moves up and basically just kind of looks up and says, Are you new here? Okay, sorry. I was trying to press um, my push to talk, but Discord spazzed out because I was holding down the button. Uh, sorry. It happens. Yeah. Uh, I... Yes. In multiple ways. Hi. I'm Daniel. And he just kind of... Just, kind of awkwardly holds his hand out at a sharp angle downward towards them. The little Ryu Than you know, reaches up and claps his hand with his paw and gives it a quick shake and says, Okay, okay, so you knew, so you here for classes, yes? Classes? Yeah, yeah yes, yes, yes. Many classes for us. Uh, we, we come from a planet far away that have uh, large disasters, so uh, when Federation rescue us, they, they much more... Um, advanced than we are, so we, we go to classes and we get caught up. You know, that's probably the best thing for me right now. I, I, I could use a little catching up myself. Little Riathan, you know, the ratkin nods and says, okay, follow me, and starts to just scamper off. Daniel just kind of looks back at the ship before shrugging and following the small rat people to parts unknown. Really, what parts aren't unknown the first time? The camera then zooms in to Chorog and Kara getting off the station. Kara's reading off of a pad. So apparently while we were gone, there was some kind of intruder at the station. Well, without much of a security team, it looks like all Leader Fane could really do was just lock everything down and wait until they left, which, well, they did, but that's disconcerting. Well, maybe we ought to... Train the Riothaeans in a little security procedures. I'm sure we can arrange some kind of crash course in that. That definitely sounds like a good idea. We'll have to come up with something specific for them, though. At about two feet tall, I don't think they're going to be tackling anybody and taking them down that way. Well, maybe I can come up with some kind of specialized weaponry for them, some kind of stun weapon. That's, uh, 
Like heavy stun that'll guarantee to knock someone flat out. Sounds good. Uh, I, I think that ranged combat is probably going to be better for them. If nothing else, though, they definitely have numbers and the ability to attack from unexpected directions. Can you imagine three of them falling on you from an air vent? Oh, we could teach them some light hand-to-hand -hand combat that could, you know, they ambush them in, like, numbers. That could definitely cause a problem. I like where this is going. You're totally going to throw a rat across the room, aren't you? You're starting to know how I think. It's embarrassing. Well, I guess so long as we don't hurt them too much, so long as they learn something. No, I'm, pretty, you know, I'm pretty sure we can rig a holodeck with, like, padded walls, so in case one of them gets chucked across the room, they just they don't splat on the wall. They just got to bounce. That's probably the best idea I've heard. So I guess instead of doing this on the station, we should probably do this on the Reliant then. Yeah, probably a good idea because I don't trust these stations to hol holodecks to work. I'm not even sure it has one. I don't think they invented holodecks back when this was built. Oh, yeah. Rothans, they're, they're resourceful. They might have put together some kind of crude holodeck. You know, after our recent adventures, that scares me. That really scares me. Because, you know, just our luck, we'll order a padded room, and the computer will set packets on shrooms at us. Chorog, I have no idea how your mind works, but I love it. Never change. She pats him on the shoulder as they turn around and actually head back into the Reliant. Last but not least, the camera zooms up to the bridge where suave gambler Dr. Eli O'Connor is sitting in his well-earned captain's chair that he totally has not usurped due to Captain Graves being away on business as a hail comes in from the station. Put that up on the screen, Moon Ensign Moon. Aye, sir. Moon taps a couple of buttons, and up on the screen is the aged, bespectacled face of the Riothean leader, Leader Fane, who bows slightly and says, Ah, Dr. Eli O'Connor, I was expecting Captain Graves. Captain Graves is at a conference on Earth. I'm taking over for him in the meantime, so if there's anything I could do for you, please let me know. Ah, uh, that as well, that as well. There is actually something we could use your help with. Uh, as you know, the station has been upgo has been being upgraded and undergoing repairs in a sort of crash course, if you will. And at the moment, we um, seem to be suffering a disease outbreak. I see. Would you like me to come over there so you can give me more detail on this? Absolutely. Uh, feel free to join me in my office. I will have uh, our uh, head medical researcher meet you along with myself and... We'll give you a quick breakdown on what's been happening on the station. All right, I will see you soon. I look forward to it. I hope I'm able to help. I trust that you will be able to, Dr. O'Connor. It's... Well, we have faith in you. And the channel closes. Presses the button on the captain's chair for comms. O'Connor to Ged. Ah, uh, what do you want? Ged, we're going to have to go. I want you to come with me over to the station. The Reuthians have a disease outbreak. And I I want my best man with me. Right, right. I'll go tell Nurse Jackson to go with you. Thank you very much, Ged. You're welcome. And with that, Eli gets up and heads to the, to the turbo lift to go to the airlock. It's a short walk out into the station. And, uh... Eli already knows the way to the central command area since he's been here before. And a few minutes later, he's up into the office with Leader Fane and 
uh, a head researcher whom he does not know the name of. Uh, given their small size, both rats are actually on the hollow table discussing things. A small set of hastily prepared stairs leads up from the table to the floor. It's good to see you. I wish it were in better circumstances. Please, uh, tell me what's wrong. The Ryothan, who you don't know, turns and bows to you, and he says, uh, Hello, I am Dr. Wint. Um, as you might know, this station is well behind the technological curve, which has been both a blessing and a curse. Uh, up until recently, when we started to install replicators, we've been having to exist off of, you know, standard rations. Well, we had just opened the last few boxes of rations last week, and it seems like there's some sort of food poisoning spreading around the crew. So we're been, we've been trying to track down exactly what it is, but we haven't had much luck. Any symptoms? Uh, the symptoms are lethargy, confusion, uh, red spots upon the flesh, um, disoriented vision... You know, it, it seems to be mostly neurological in effect. Can I roll to see if the, any of this sounds familiar, like something I would know? Yeah, sure. Uh, go ahead and do a reason medicine. Of course. Let me just open the drive, because I forgot to open the drive, because I am a fool. Intermission music. <laughs> it's not going to take long. Here it is. So you said reason medicine, right? So 14, and I'm pretty sure I could use one of my folk. Probably advanced medical research? Yeah, that would work. 20, 14, 4. You think back to all the things you've learned in medical school and everything you've been through since then. And while you know a few diseases that have a couple of these effects, none with these exact effects altogether, the red splotches appearing, in fact, is extremely unusual for any sort of food poisoning. Fascinating. Hmm. I could run some tests. We'll see what comes up. I would refrain from eating any more of those rations. We could start supplying you from Reliant. Acknowledge, Doctor. We still have a few of them left if you wanted to take a look at them. That would be very helpful to have samples. Acknowledged. We'll send some down to our science lab. Uh, it's on deck 22. Uh, I do apologize for the antiquated equipment. Uh, of course, if you wish to use the facilities on your ship, feel welcome. I'll see what I could do here first. It's always fun to play around with uh, old toys. Leaps and the bloops and the colored lights. <laughs> and the jelly bean buttons! That was out of character, by the way. Everyone loves duotronic systems. They make the funnest noises. Yeah. And at that point, as uh, Dr. Eloy O'Connor considers his next move... The camera zooms out and back in on deck 14, where we find Captain, or, yes, Captain Richter, uh, where we find Lieutenant Richter and his engineering team in what looks to be a very modern and well-set-up warp core room. It looks like most of this was probably built in from scratch to the guts of the starbase. A very impressive work so far. Gas just shrugs. Yeah, I mean, they sent us all the instructions and all the parts. It wasn't that difficult. He points to the darkened warp core in the middle. Right now, we have it, you know, currently off. In fact, we haven't even primed it yet. But we're hoping to do that soon. But the main thing we wanted to make sure of is that there was somebody here who knew more than we did, just in case something went wrong. 
ideally, we should be able to turn on this reactor, transfer the power load, and then decommission the old reactor, and overall have more power than we started with. However, there is, of course, the possibility that the EPS conduits might not be able to handle it, or that the fuel lines might degrade and break. Yes, uh, and with two sources, there's always a chance of additional pressure and and um, conflict between them. So I'd definitely like to do uh, EPS trace and... and um, a diagnostic of the EPS systems before we even prime uh, the engine. So let's do that. Rick heads over to our nearby console and let's go ahead and see... Hmm, let, let's try control engineering. And he, uh, he calls out to, to his team to start looking at... to, to uh, start doing some runs on the, on the new stuff as well. Anything that the team's... new that has to be placed in that doesn't quite yet have anything running through it. Uh, the team basically salutes and they move out among the, the engineering section, checking all the different consoles as you set down to check through the EPS network. All right, so control is that and engineering is that. EPS power systems definitely applies. It does indeed. Three successes. You're able to trace the entire system. And from what you see, this place is... Well, you've seen worse. You saw worse on Drazana Station once. Other than that, not really. There are quite a few conduits that look like you're going to need some basic maintenance before all this is done. You could probably send your engineers to do it and have it done in a fairly routine fashion within 20 to 30 minutes. All right, uh, so he calls back to the rest of his engineering team. Uh, anything that you guys have found? Negative, sir. The consoles within the area seem to be wired up well. Uh, all the cabling is up to code. Uh, we've just checked the fuel lines. The fuel lines coming in appear to be new and uncorroded. Great. Well, then I'm going to need your assistance uh, replacing some conduit. There's, uh, this is quite some old tech, and... Um, a lot of degradation has happened, so I'll be, uh, we'll need to work together to uh, deal with all the problem areas, and I'll be sending uh, coordinates about to, um, to assign you tasks. Hi, sir. Rick's men, you know, quickly line up, and each of them takes a pad showing where they need to go and what they need to do, and in a matter of moments, they're off getting to work. Okay, uh, Rick will out, go out and, and and do some stuff as well. He won't... Um, well, once we get these the EPS conduits um, up to what uh, this engine will, will be able... This uh, reactor will provide, um, we should be able to be... We should be fine to, to prime and start at least uh, testing the NG output. Engineer Gas nods, and he decides to accompany Rick off to fix a power coupling or two. And uh, while Rick does, he, he, he does the whole try and ex explain and try and teach and, and show them uh, some of the more practical aspects and, as well as some of the theory. 
Uh, let's go ahead and get a presence engineering roll. Uh, would any of my focuses apply? Uh, you're doing advanced uh, APS stuff, so that would apply. Yeah. Okay, cool. There we go. Rick knows Rick his way around words. He 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 is um, dealing with with engineers and dealing with um, a lot of people. He he's dealt with a lot of people, and he's able to to find the right um, level uh of of um of jargon and and common speak to to really communicate properly what's going on Rick is an excellent teacher and gas is also an apt pupil listening and learning actually quite quickly within the half hour they've fixed all the eps panels most of them were major junctions where several power lines come together and diverge the regular power lines would probably be sufficient until further load is placed upon the system. All right, so uh, we, we'll need to gradually increase the power level um, just to identify if, if any of the other systems are falling. We won't really know if they'll be able to handle it until we, we um, put them to the test, so to speak. So uh, I'll be... Um, I'll be managing, I'll start managing the, the power output and just, just keep an eye and, re, uh, and relay whatever readings you can as we uh, start to, to get power out of the sink. Yes, Lieutenant. Do you want me to do that from uh, the, the old warp core or do you want me to stay down here? Uh, we would, we do need someone at the old warp core as well. Um, I think if we can have someone that, at both, just, just to see if the old warp core reacts neg negatively as well as, um, you know, the, the the standard conduits throughout the station um, can be met, can be looked at here. But we need to know if if the old reactor is having any um, flow interruptions. Yes, Lieutenant. In that case, uh, I will go up to level 12 and I will stay with the engineering crew working on the old reactor. I will contact you immediately if there's a problem, sir. Good. Thank you for that. We will be get we will uh, be alerting everyone of the power situation as we start to um to make the change. And I think for the moment we're going to stop there and we're going to have the camera zoom out and back in on Daniel as he half jogs, half walks through the hallways, trying to keep an eye on the ratkin scurrying in front of him, and trying to keep from confusing it with all the other ones running around. You know, it would kind of help if you told me where we were going. The rat stops and looks back at him. Oh, right, right, right. E education deck is on level five. Uh, many classrooms set up. The, the Federation sent many teachers to help us. Uh, accelerated courses, so you you don't learn everything, but you learn enough. Okay. Where is that from here? Uh, turbo left is just this way. He points around a corner. Okay, I can I can follow that. Lead. I go ahead. I guess he just kind of looks around, trying to remember, like trying to take in the surroundings and not be completely lost. The surroundings look like they've 
basically just, they're not that unusual for Daniel. They're stark metal corridors. It looks like at one point they were painted and decorated in bright primary colors, although that has faded over time. Uh, most of the doors are a red color and simply open with a whooshing sound whenever somebody goes near them. The, the people in the hallway are almost all Ryuthans, although every once in a while you do spot, it's hard to miss them in fact, larger Federation personnel moving carefully through the teeming horde of rats. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess Daniel just kind of tries to look for some kind of like, some kind of landmark in this hallway to just remember where he's been. Uh, next to every door is actually a sign. Some of them are more helpful than others. Some of them say things like, supply closet, you know, 5J. Another one just says, to engineering, and has a ladder pointing down, or an arrow pointing down at a ladder. So, it's relatively simple. You've mostly been on a straight path so far. But it is true that this place is probably confusing if you're not that used to it. Okay. Well, on honestly... Uh, he probably is used to those vague directions like to engineering because he probably set up similar signs uh, like back on his own uh, back in his own place back in the day so on like this is amongst the chaos of all the rat people moving around this is feeling odd making him feel oddly at home and calms him down a little bit as he follows the rat to the turbo lift the technology is certainly closer to the level that DB remembers. The two of them enter the turbo lift and go down two floors, not very far. And the rat scurries out and waits for DB, and he's pointing at a, a room down the hallway which has a hastily installed plaque. It's much shinier than the ones that had been seen previously, and it simply says, uh, admissions. Well, I guess it's time to go back to school. Uh, and then he kind of leans down to the Riothane he's been following and just whispers, Is this going to be high school or college? There's a slow, beady-eyed blink. What's college? What's high school? Middle school it is. Let's go. <laughs> uh, at this point, the, the escort leaves Daniel, and he walks into the admissions room, and there is an Andorian woman sitting actually behind a desk here. She looks up from her papers to him, and then she starts to look back down and then does a double take. Hi. Um, hello. Yes, I... She seems completely caught off guard by the fact that you're not a two-foot-tall rat person. She, uh, stands up and straightens her uniform and holds out a hand and says, uh, Pleasure to meet you. I am Lieutenant Toriel. Uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel takes her hand and gives a, a firm shake. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm here to learn a lot. I, well, she sits down. This is uh, more of an accelerated catch-up course for those who uh, aren't familiar with standard Starfleet technology, Daniel. Are you sure you're in the right place? Honestly, you just made me even more sure. I see. She pulls up some files and everything. Can I have your date of birth, please? Uh, August 25th. Um, wait. Sorry, I'm a little confused. Let me, let me, give me a moment. More intermission music. Doodle -doo 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 -doo. 
I I'm I forgot how old I made him. Look, man, I can't say nothing. I forget how old I am on a yearly basis. I stopped counting about ten years ago. You you reach a point where you're allowed to do all the things you're allowed to do, and that's pretty much it. You know, I'm just gonna okay. I'm I'm just okay. Uh, okay, I'm just I'm just gonna say. I, I'm just gonna make things simpler and just make and just yeah okay. If you want, you don't have to give him the exact year. We'll just say that he Daniel gives his birth date, and as she's typing it in, she's no, no, I, no, no sorry, I was just no never mind. I'll, I'll just I'll just so, I'm sorry. Uh, I I'm I started rambling. I haven't I uh, I never mind. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Right. So uh, August twenty fifth. Uh, 2000. She looks over at him. Yes? August 25th, 2000. She blinks several times. You just mean the year 2000. I mean, do you need a time of day? I think it was in the morning. No, no, it's just... I... You know what? I better not ask. This is probably above my pay grade. I'll, uh, I'll get you set up with some uh, classes quickly. Uh... Is there anything in particular you'd like to know? Um, I saw, uh, I saw some nifty stuff where someone just kind of, uh, pulled the, just making something out of nothing, it looked like. Ah, huh, I believe you're referring to replicator technology. Yeah, that's probably, that sounds about right. Yeah, that was an offshoot of transporter technology. It uses the same energy to matter conversion. Uh, let's see. I've got an engineering course I could put you through real quick, as well as a, well, a very condensed history course. That sounds probably pretty good. Uh, what would it help? Would it help at all if I said I have a background in antimatter? Well, considering most of the power systems that we deal with run on antimatter, yes, yes, it would. Daniel just kind of give, gives her a look and blinks a couple times. Wait. M- most? What? Well, there are fusion reactors on starships, as well as most starships contain a warp core, which generates energy through the annihilation of matter and antimatter. On the other hand, that's not the only way to power a starship. The Romulans use uh, controlled singularities. Huh. Interesting. She gives a half smile while, this, while watching him take this in and says, I think you're going to like the engineering course. Give us an afternoon and you'll be better based to deal with the problems of the modern universe. Uh, welcome to the 25th century, I think. Very interesting. And he just kind of walks past her into the room, still kind of lost in thought. She turns and leans over. Um, that's my office? <laughs> what? Oh, oh, uh, um, the sorry, exist- I'll, uh... The exit's that way. I've got a printout for you that shows your class schedule. She hands in basically a small pad. Thank you. Sorry. Bye. And he just walks away back towards the other, the Rhea Thane he was following before. Who at this point has already left, leaving DB alone with his pad, his thoughts, and a class schedule that hopefully should condense around 400 years into an afternoon. It's okay, they'll wheel out the TV and play the historical documents. <laughs> Bill Nye, this science guy. Bill, 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 Bill. 
All right, anyway, at this point, the camera zooms out, and we cut to the inside of the holodeck, where Kara and Chorog are looking over a small army of about 30 Ratkin. They've put on a dojo program, including putting safeguards for if the Riothans are tossed into either the ceiling or the walls. All right, got, all right. The reason you're all here, we're here to give you a quick lesson in martial arts, hand-to-hand combat, to turn you into more of an uh, effective security force. Indeed. Locking the doors is fine enough, but it always helps when you can go find the bad guy and just feed him his own ass. This comment causes several stares at Kara. That wasn't meant to be taken literally. Depends on how you contort him. Yeah, you're not wrong. In any event, they have about 30 different pairs of eyes looking at them and waiting for instruction. If nothing else, you've got to admit, they sure are fearless when it comes to learning. All right, first lesson. One of you try to come at me. There's a small silence for a second, and then just one of them runs and charges at Jorok. And promptly bounces off. Oof. All right. Now, five of you come at me. Another second. Five random ones from the group line up. This time they are a little more careful, and then they all charge at Chorog at different heights. Chorog takes the impact and takes several steps backward with the Riothans all either tugging at his legs, tugging at his arms, and eventually stumbles backwards. Oof. Our gestures. And immediately here we see the first lesson. There is no proof against physics. As Riothans, you're smaller than most species, but you can make up for that with numbers. And I'm about to make it so that when you do attack in numbers, it's gonna hurt. The five clinging to Chorog basically climb down and rejoin the group. Chorog gets up, performs the Picard maneuver, and says, Computer, produce item Chorog 1. The computer does its magic. And laying on the floor in front of him is a small, what looks like, stun baton. The engineering-minded Uriathans are quickly entranced by technology. Ara looks over at him. So is this a custom job? Completely custom. This is something I created based off of pain stick technology. Oof. Any of the guy that tries to get on the station once they have these. No, no, I've dialed it back just in case one of these Riothans decide to play with it. There's a few looks from the crowd, <laughs> from the Riothans at Chorog, that simply seem to say, how dare you? But nobody says anything. Chorog picked up the small stun stick, twists the handle, and part of the shaft flips forward and, pro- and starts producing a small electrical charge. This is a stun baton. Now alone... This is not going to hurt because of it due to the size. Chorog then proceeds to jab himself in the gut with it and just shrugs it off. Computer, produce four more Chorog 1. Just to give a little visual representation for our audience, the device that has been linked is roughly shaped like a tonfa. It looks like you could probably grip it in any of a variety of different ways, and then you put the sparky owie bit into the person you don't like. All right, it's the same five that came at me. Pick up the weapon. 
all five of them come forward and pick up the weapon. They spend a couple minutes trying to figure out which way is most comfortable for them to hold it, and then they are armed. All right. Now, push the button on the handle. We'll activate it. This is done, and there's a chorus of buzzing. All right. Now, only one of you jab me with this. One of them walks up and uh, quickly darts around behind him and then hits him in the back of the knee with it. Trog stumbles very, very slightly. All right. Now, all five of you come at me and hit me with that. All five of them basically scatter out into like a star pattern around Chorog, and they start circling him for a minute. One darts in, and while that feint is happening, the other four pile onto Chorog. All four of the Riathaeans attack Chorog with the weapon, and needless to say, it's not a pretty sight. Chorog is now on the floor, uh, chaotically shivering from the onslaught of electrical impulses. Basically, it's like being hit with about 20 uh, tasers. One of them looks over at him and then back at Kara. Uh, did we do wrong? Kara goes, no, no, that's basically what's supposed to happen. She goes over and helps Chorog up. Now, as Chorog gathers his wits, having his brain just slightly scrambled, now you see the effectiveness of a grouped attack versus a lone attack. One well. cannot do as much as a group, and that is how you will defend this station. Not just one, many will attack at once. In addition to that, you see how technology can serve as a force multiplier. In addition, I'd like to point out that I saw the way that you guys had started to size up Chorog. One of you attempted to go for the back of the knee, the rest of you attacked while another one was creating a diversion. You're starting to learn how to work in a group. This is, uh, well, it's very useful for you. Agreed. Because because of your small stature, one of you is not a threat, but multiples of you more than make up for your size. And that is, and that is what I'm trying to teach you with, with these particular weapons, because it is best to pile on a target and heavily stun them than try to disarm them. Once we're done with this course, you'll be able to utilize this knowledge along with some anatomical knowledge and your knowledge of the station and its layout to easily ambush and pick off small groups or lone individuals. Your best bet will be trying to get the enemy to spread themselves thin and then picking them off one by one. That is the best hunting tactic that we can teach you. Separate stragglers, neutralize them, then go for the rest. There's a lot of nodding from the class. Kara says, all right. Now it's time to start learning how to put these in action. Since you're going to be facing opponents who are almost always larger than you, we're going to have to utilize the holodeck AI programs. She starts generating a variety of different races for the Riothans to practice against. There's a human, a Klingon, a Vulcan, a Nausicaan, a Ferengi, just because. And a Paklid. And a Paklid. Kara debates trying to throw in a Horda, but thinks that maybe that might be a little too strange. As this goes on, Kara moves over and she basically goes up to each of the currently inactive, shall we say, targets. They are standing in place, but not really doing anything. 
She gestures to various points on their body and starts to give a quick anatomical rundown of different places that you could strike for the best possible result. Trog also takes a group of the Riothaeans to one of the other ones and teaches them how teaches them where the appropriate stun spots would be. As Neck, of, armpit, groin. As was true with Rick, Kara is a reasonably good teacher. Uh, can we go ahead and get a reason? Uh, man, you could do this any different ways. I'll give you your choice between reason and presence and your choice between science and security. All right, let me, get my, let me pull up my sheet here. Just let me know which skill you're using because that flavors your, shall we say, your uh, lecture slightly. Oh, where did I put it? Ah, there it is. Uh, what did you say? It was reason what? You could do any of a variety of things. For you, it seems like the best way to do it would probably be present security. All right. I think this is right. Sherlock gives a quick lecture on the various different weak points on different species' bodies. He peppers the lecture with tales of daring do and his own experience. While it is a good lecture, some of the Riothaeans looked a little shocked based on some of the things that Chorag has seen and done. Try not to look so shocked. Life of a pirate is not an easy life. Many a times it's come down to me, my bare hands, against an armed opponent. And when you're a pirate, there's no playing by the rules. Kara nods, which is an excellent thing for you all to learn. Well, technically, this is a Starfleet space station. You are not Starfleet personnel. You are civilians. And as such, feel free to defend yourselves as you see fit. This gets a couple strange looks and a few more nods. At this point, Kara starts dividing them up into groups and setting them against the different opponents, while having Chorog check to make sure that they're using everything they've learned correctly. At this point, there's a smash cut to Eli, working over an old duotronic console within the med bay. There are blinky lights. There are buttons. There are noises. All right. So... Eli's going to check out the food, see what's up with it, give it some scans, maybe look at it under a microscope. Just to give a quick background, it looks like the food is the old basic rations you would find on Constitution and older class ships. There's nothing terribly special about it. It's just very old food. However, with the way that it's been packaged, expiration date is... never. <laughs> so, it's easy enough to pull out one of the nutrient bars... Cut some thin slices and stick it under a microscope. Uh, can we go ahead and maybe get a control medicine? Alrighty, let me open back this up because I was looking for Vegas stuff. Anyway, so you said control? Control medicine, because you're using the tools of the lab. 2D20, 15, 4 for ethical research. There we go. The equipment is a little outdated, but more than good enough for the various different types of scans that you're doing. Molecularly, cellularly, down to the atomic level, you can't find anything wrong with these rations. They're perfectly preserved and completely fine. Fascinating. Let's give them a quick scan, too. I'm going to go ahead and say that you've already done that, given okay. the various, you know, roll that you've made. You've basically used every instrument at your disposal, and as far as you can tell, these rations are perfectly safe, perfectly edible, and probably even delicious. All right, do I have a... A subject here to examine. There are actually several sick Riothaeans lying in the bed bay. Uh, as before, they seem both lethargic and disoriented. 
And judging by the blinking of their eyes, they're not able to see particularly well either. Uh, on the skin that you can see of them, you see basically small red lesions that remind you of the various pox diseases you had heard of. Pox. Is this the plague? <laughs> That's out of character. That's out of character. I'm just saying. Anyway. Those, those would have been dark, not bright red. True. Shit. Um, anyway, Eli, scanny time, time to examine them. The quick scan shows that it looks like each of them is basically suffering from... Well, let's see. Actually, I guess I should make your roll for this. Let's let's go ahead and do a controlled medicine again. All right, so same roll. 20, 15, 4. They prove a little hard to scan, being an unusual, you know, species that you're not terribly familiar with. But from what you can see, it looks like what they're dealing with is some sort of chemical contamination. It looks like something they've eaten might have been laced with a chemical which is causing them various different problems. It looks like an antidote for that should be relatively easy to synthesize, but it doesn't answer where the contamination is coming from. My theory is maybe the preservatives, too much of it's built up in their systems, but... Hmm. Because these are made for full-sized humanoids, they're, you know, not. Dr. Wint, you know, standing on a kind of booster nearby, looks over at him and says... Yes, the we've been trying to track down exactly what it was, but all we know is that it happened when we were opening the last few boxes of uh, uh, rations. Ever since then, we've moved over to using the new replicators. Bring me the box. Maybe it wasn't the food itself, maybe it was the packaging. Acknowledge, Doctor. He leaves, and a few minutes later, he and a couple rats basically just bring in a standard sort of metal, you know, Federation shipping crate. It looks fairly old, but otherwise, the kind of ubiquitous thing that you would find on any old station. Is it time for another control medicine? I would go ahead and say that, yeah, you can go ahead and do that. Once again, there is absolutely nothing unusual about this box. There is none of the chemical contaminant that you can find on the box, on the wrappers, or on the bars themselves. Do you have a list of everybody that's been exposed to this? Because maybe it's not the food. Maybe there's something else in common here. Dr. Went nods and he moves over to a console with an old CRT screen. It flickers for a moment and then brings up the names of each of the people who have been diagnosed, when they were diagnosed, and their activities beforehand. What's the most common occupation of these people? A quick search reveals that by an extremely slim majority, 25% of them are engineering. Engineering. Huh. Can I get an insight, uh, let's say insight science from Dr. O'Connor? Insight science. Can I still use my advanced medical research? Not on this one, no. ADD 20. That's 30. Xenobiology? Not in this case, no. This is more of a technical matter. You would probably need something from engineering for this to work. Okay. There we go, two successes. Now, you're no fancy city slicker. You're just a country doctor. But you notice that... I am a city slicker, what? (laughs) You notice that every single last one of these Rhea fans, before they had, you know, been, you know, taken to the sick bay, had eaten a ration bar. That's true. The other thing they all had in common is that closer to when they were admitted to the sick bay, they had used the replicators. Eli taps his comm badge. Connor Richter. 
Rick, uh, you're going through the final checkups of the reactor when your comm badge beeps. Uh, Rick T here. What is it, Doctor? Right now, okay, I'll, I'll bring up the captain thing later, but right now, could you check the replicator for the replicators for me? I have a sneaking suspicion about something. There's an outbreak, and I think it might have something, the replicators might have something to do with it. Uh, I'm in the uh, middle of helping with the power supply, but uh, as it's a medical emergency, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll uh, go and um, do some analysis for you. And here, two of the paths begin to intersect. We now cut to Rick Tier, who has to step away from his console to go deal with another problem. Right, just just uh, get things ready, uh, prepare as much as you can, I'll be back, uh, there's another issue apparently with the replicators that I've got to look at, it's um, maybe involved in some sickness, so hopefully it shouldn't be long, but uh, well, you know how these things go. The crew all nods, don't worry sir, we'll keep everything uh, ready until you come back, we won't start without you. And uh, he'll go off to wherever, to, uh, I suppose, the closest replicator. And, the closest um, replicator is easily found. It's actually on that deck, just slightly down the hallway. It's a simple public replicator that's been built into the new hull paneling. It looks like this one is just basically here almost as a test model. And uh, Rick will uh, look to start doing some uh, examination of the diagnostics of the replicator and see if um what he can find um and it goes um uh tap badge uh rick tier to dr o'connor is there anything in particular uh you're looking for any any specific dish or item that was replicated that you're specifically worried about for logs for the replicator if so to see what they got the logs show a variety of different things. It looks like there are various different replicators as well. The only thing that you think might be in common might be the con chemical contaminant. If you gave Rick the chemical formula for that and he looked through the system for it, he might have an easier time. So, I'm sending you the cam chemical contaminant that seems to be affecting the Ruthians. Um, see if he could single out the problem. And he sends that over. Acknowledged. I will uh, stop... Start examining and let you know what I find. Okay. From Rick Tier, could I get a standard role of insight engineering? And for Eli O'Connor, could I get a present a 1D role for presence medical? Uh, would uh, a transporter's focus apply since it's the same basic tech? Yeah, sure, why not? Wow, I was kind of close there. Speaking of cutting it close, it's extremely difficult for Rick to wade through everything in this uh, in this replicator. But thanks to the fact that Eli told him exactly what to look for, he starts to find out what the problem is. It looks like part of the replicator's program has been corrupted. It looks like possibly radiation, possibly something else. A complete overwrite of the system with what's currently on the Reliant would solve the problem. But right now, it looks like it has taken a very simple preservative that is common in almost all food, and replaced it with, well, let's just call it what it is, rat poison. This doesn't seem like an accident. Wait, did, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to pretend Rick here 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick, Rick T yeah, does uh, tap his gun badge and, and fill you in with what he's found. This doesn't seem like an accident. That Doctor went nods. That it's being wasted in its um, food and that it's specifically targeted against rats does. It is worrisome. Well, if we wanted to test if it was completely targeted against rats, Rick or Eli could eat some. I do not recommend this. I mean, reg regardless, that's still gonna... Dr. Went nods and says, I see. I wonder if it was done by the intruders on the station sometime back. It's possible. Well, regardless of whether this is accident or foul play, it's probably best if we sort the problem out. You said you had already worked up the antidote to be chemical, yes? It could be easily done. I'll even give you the formula if you wish to do it yourself, but I will still be here to assist. Excellent. Uh, we will have some of our engineers go over to the Reliant, and with your permission, they'll copy over the necessary software. We will update the replicators, and then we will replicate the antidote, just in case. And I will give you an isolinear chip kept in a sealed thing in case this happens again. Oh, well thank you. That would be much appreciated. We will store it, uh... Well, we'll store it someplace safe. And at this point, the camera cuts back to Rick Tier, standing slightly down the hallway in front of a replicator, wondering what other strangeness he will find on this decrepit space station today. He just sort of sighs as he, as he looks at the, uh... the, um... replicator. And, uh, starts heading back. Um, oh, my part of that is done. Um, how are we looking in here? Everything looks great, Chief. But we feel the need that we should point out to all the players that now's probably a good time to take a break and the GM wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so with that, uh, let's go ahead and take, you know, at least a, a five-minute break. Uh, everybody stretch, go get yourself something to drink, whatever you'd like to do, and the few minutes we will continue as we come back from commercial break we find rick tier moving back up to the console getting ready to start up with the warp core initiation sequence all right uh, keep an eye on on the figures um if you see anything just yell it out i will mon be monitoring things here but i may not catch everything so be aware be alert, and let's get this station up to grade. Alright, let's do this. The crew and Rick start up the, you know, uh, beginning sequences of the warp core. Everything is looking good. There's starting to be a that telltale blue glow and wub-wub from the warp core. Uh, Rick also has on his console the ability to look in on what's going on in the console upstairs at the warp core upstairs, which is an older model. So far, they've gotten to 25% power on the new warp core, and everything is looking pretty okay. All right, so he'll just um, do a quick look at some of the, um, the uh, more common um, station trunks, uh, power distribution uh, conduits, and see if anything um, looks off there. Uh, feel free to go ahead and give me a control engineering roll. Everything seems to be fine, but... No, no, everything's fine. 
At this point, the warp core is being moved up to 50% power, and so far, everything is still holding. Yeah. Alright, uh, he'll keep keep an eye on, on the conduits as well, and, and just slowly raise things until it looks like there's a problem. Up to 75% now. Can I go ahead and get a inside engineering roll from Rick? Uh, okay, 12 with a focus. No. Oof. Uh, but, uh, let me see if I've got a value I can re-roll with. Would I not? Would I be able to? I'm. I'm not alone. Just to to, to um. Sure, you could basically just call out to the rest of the crew to help you check on things because you're not sure if you got the right results. All right, so that'll be a re-roll. Ah, oh, that's three. This time, it looks like Rick is able to find the correct answer is when he's got his team with him. It looks like the energy fluctuations are starting to increase in the warp core upstairs. Looks like it's probably becoming unstable. Based on your knowledge and everything else, this is probably not related to what you're currently doing, but it'd probably be a great idea if you hurried up so that they could shut the old one down. Okay, and so then we will um, we'll increase to 100%, and then I'll, I'll uh, send my team up there to get things prepped for shutting down. As you you know, increase the reactor up to 100%, uh, Engineer Gas basically calls you on the console and mentions that the older warp core has become unstable and is becoming more unstable by the moment. He's already having his engineers shut it down. He says, so long as everything is going right with the new core, they should be fine. If things are not going right with the new core, then they probably have a major problem. Yes, uh, I am... Um... Um, uh, can I do one last check just to verify and then... Yeah, sure. Uh, if you're going to use the console, just control engineering. Okay. Oh, another uh, really bad rolls. 17 and 19. At least it's not a complication. Um, as far as I can see, um, I'm not seeing any signs of any problems. Rick decides to trust his gut with... You know, some slightly out-of-whack data, but he can fix it. He can fix it. So the new power core comes completely online, and the engineering section is bathed in that familiar blue glow. Everybody listens to happily to the humming of the reactor, whereas the station shudders slightly, as above them, the older reactor is hard shut down in kind of almost an emergency situation. But the lights don't flicker. Nothing seems to be exploding. It looks like, by luck, by skill, or by the grace of God, everything has happened in exactly enough time. Yeah, Rick, Rick just stays on the, the console just that little bit more than um, probably would be necessary just to be 100% sure that everything is right, If just in case he does need to lower or shut the new engine, new um, reactor down. And with the previous replicator instance in his head, Rick only has to wonder, what caused the old warp core to fail? But maybe that'll be a, a different issue altogether. 
Yes, uh, I would like to uh, send the team uh, uh to guess. Hi, sir. Uh, would, if you could, um, I would like to know if if what the result was with the old core. If if it was just old, or if there was some tampering with that. Hi, sir. I'll have my uh, men look at it as soon as the radiation is cleared. Alright, uh, if you need me for anything else, let me know. Um, I'll, I've got other things to check on with the Reliant, but um, my combat is always open. Alright, thank you, Lieutenant. We don't have a lot to offer here on Magellan, but, you know, enjoy our hospitality for what it's worth. And with that, he, he calls his team together and, and dismisses them um, if they want to grab something to eat after uh, the uh, replicators have been uh, refreshed with, with the new data. Um, they're basically on chore leave for, for the moment. A good reminder. The camera now cuts to D.B. Wells sitting in a classroom, the only one at a normal-sized desk, whereas all the Riothans around him are practically sitting on double-decker desks desks all facing the front. The current lesson that they have just finished was over the history that Daniel had missed, including the World War III, the Augment Crisis, and First Contact. And Daniel can't help but think to himself that maybe it's just as well he was thrown forward to the future. Oh, by the way, a uh, quick correction from earlier. Uh, I actually found the his birth year that I came up with earlier. It was 1998, not 2000. Uh, that being said, Daniel, uh, after the lesson winds down, Daniel just kind of, Daniel just kind of sits back and thinks about what, like, it just kind of ponders on what humanity had done after he left. Kind of being, kind of being thankful that Antimatter technology didn't really progress until after all the conflict. The rat at the upper desk near him just kind of leans over and says, Kind of depressing, huh? You're telling me. Up ahead, the uh, professor changes out. Another one comes in. And up on the hollow board starts to uh, get ready to present. Says, greetings. I'm Professor Martin. This is uh, a quick crash course in uh, engineering... Uh, history, including power consumption and uh, the various devices therein. And then from Daniel, could I get a reason engineering role? Uh, uh, is there, do I get any hint as to what this is for to see if any of my, uh, to see if any of my focuses apply? Uh, your antimatter focus would apply, so you can go ahead and include that. Okay. Also, quick question: I completely forgot what how, what how focuses help me. So, uh, basically, if you look at the last roll that Rick just did, uh, the first number you see there, the sixteen, that's his combined you know stats, and the other one is his. Uh, let's see, what do they call this explicitly on the character sheet? Discipline. Yeah, the discipline number. The uh, basically, when you have a focus, the discipline number increases your critical threshold, making it easier to get successes. So for you. You would basically do uh, uh, exclamation point 2d20 
whatever your reason and engineering are added together, and then space your engineering value. Okay. The professor is using very simplistic terms to explain most of this, and after a minute, Daniel actually starts to get bored. Uh, it is true that this is everyday technology now, but at the time Daniel was working with it, this was all cutting edge and theoretical, and the only difference now seems to be that they've basically put a lid on it and figured out how to do everything much safer and much easier. Uh, but none of the theory is outside of Daniel's you know, ability to understand uh, most of the equipment is just refined pieces of the things that he had been used to be to using. He actually starts to feel kind of at home with the tech. Daniel kind of starts to... Wait, do, does he have, like, paper in front of him, or is it like a tablet kind of thing? It's kind of a tablet. Daniel opens, a, like, a notepad program and starts to doodle while, like, while listening to the the, the lesson lesson goes on for a bit and then Daniel's, you know reverie is interrupted by the professor asking Mr. Wells, how would you stop a matter-antimatter reaction that was running out of control? And in this case, you can go ahead and do another reason engineering the same as your last roll, and if you have the answer, then you will know Oh no, he's gonna recreate this, the incident that sent him to the future Um, you... Cut off the flow of antimatter and and flood the chamber with a with a water. <laughs> Actually, I it, he does get the correct answer, which is that you would restrict the macroscopic plasma pulse unit. You know, fairly simple. On the other hand, Daniel showing perhaps a bit of malaise in the class gives this answer. Without even looking up from his doodle. Professor blinks a couple times and says, Quite. Th thank, thank you, Mr. Wells. Daniel chuckles at the picture he drew of the professor with a big mustache. <laughs> Extra credit before next episode if you doodle that. Oh, anyway. for sure. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> the class continues and eventually ends and... As it ends, you know, and the, the, the engineering and the history classes are done, Daniel starts to get the feeling that maybe, maybe the future wasn't that far off from what he remembered. Maybe this isn't, isn't so far outside his, his ability to deal with. Maybe, yeah, he could do this. Yeah, he could do this. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess toward, uh, at the end of the lesson, Daniel, uh, Daniel raises his hand to ask a question. Well, the professor calls on him. Yes, Mr. Wells. Uh, has antimatter been uh, been implemented in technology other than energy production in the past? Uh, actually, I don't know how long it's been. Has it been uh, been used other than energy production much? Occasionally, it has been found use in weapons, but the problem with the matter-antimatter annihilation is that there are more efficient ways to generate a singular burst of energy. However, these methods are poor substitutes for power generation because antimatter-matter reactions are easily controllable and easily fueled. To give an example, and he starts bringing up the basics on the photon torpedo and how the explosion is actually powered by splitting a singular photon. Daniel is just kind of, I guess, just taking it in, jotting it down mentally for later. 
After a while, there's basically a ding and class is over. Professor nods and the rats all start talking and some of them head out. Uh, Daniel stands up to, uh, I guess, go, uh, go get lunch or something. When the, when the lights, wait, wait, sorry. I fr- wait, the lights didn't flicker when the generator powered down, did it? Nope. Oh, okay. Wait, but there, there was like a rumbling noise, right? Yeah, there was a slight rumbling noise and this station shook very slightly. As, as Daniel gets up to go, uh, to go get lunch, uh, at this point, the, the station rumbles from the incident before and he, he, uh, goes up to the professor to ask what just happened. Professor shrugs and says, it felt like something may have, might have gone wrong on engineering. On the other hand, the power didn't flicker, so it couldn't be anything too terribly serious. I believe that that's all kept on level 12 if you want to go ask. You know what? I think I will. Thank you. And Daniel goes to look for one of the ladders labeled to engineering. Indeed, he <laughs> finds one of the ladders that says to engineering. And he climbs down a couple floors and finds himself inside the older, let's say, less advanced reactor room that used to be used for the warp core before the new one was just installed today. There are various rats around manning the consoles. The one in charge seems to be manning the main console and looking, well, as close as you can tell, consternated about the problem. Uh, On the other hand, you're trying to read the emotions of a rat. Uh, Daniel walks up behind them and leans down and asks, So, uh, what's going on? Warp Core became dangerously unstable when we were shutting it down. Not sure exactly what problem is. Not sure if age or could be suspected sabotage given problems with other systems we've had on the station recently after intruders had broken in. Can I take a look at that? Hmm? Oh, oh yes. Engineer Gas basically steps slightly out of the way and... DB can have the console. It's slightly more advanced than he remembers back in his day, but the buttons are all labeled correctly. And if I could, if we could just get a quick... Uh, let me take a look at your sheet real quick. Oh, you're going to have an easy one on this one. Could we get a control engineering and your antimatter uh, focus again still applies? Oh, dear. If you want, considering that this is basically unknown technology for you, I'll let you re-roll that with your value of discovery is as much luck as science. You know what? I'll take that. Much better. At first, Daniel doesn't get the answers he's looking for. He frowns, smacks the side of the console, and then up pops the answers he was looking for. It uh, looks as though... Good old percussive maintenance. Still works. I'm it sorry, looks as go though on. The thermal feed generator had started to invert. It looks like they start to do that when they get too old. This one had probably just about reached the end of its life cycle, most likely. Uh, Dan- Daniel points at the the that particular tidbit on the screen and points it out to the Riathan. Gas looks at it and says, Really? That? He taps a few more buttons, and the computer brings up a wireframe simula- simulation. And sure enough... The thermal feed regulator going bad and starting to invert would cause exactly the same problems they were having. Had it not been shut down in time or the part replaced, it would have led to a catastrophic overload and probably the destruction of the station. Old thing just finally blew a fuse. You know, Gas just nods and says, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, this station is, you know, probably about 200 or more years old. Uh, thank you. Um, who are you, by the way? 
Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, um, I, uh, uh, hi, I'm Daniel. And he, uh, holds out his hand to shake. Engineer Gas shakes his hand and says, are you one of Rick Tears' engineers? Uh, no. Uh, no. No, I'm not. Oh. Well, thank you for the help anyway. You sure know your stuff. Yeah, I oughta. And with that confidence boost, we will do a cutaway from D.B. Wells back to the holodeck. For Chorog and Kara have been drilling the Riothaeans in grouped close combat techniques. And the Riothaeans are quick learners. They are indeed. You wouldn't think it from looking at them, but as Kara watches them immediately basically take down and swarm over a Klingon, they're vicious little bastards. Chorog watched in stunned amazement as they quickly overpowered a Nausicaan marine. Not an easy task, mind you. Kara nods. That was good work. Although, to be fair, it was six on one. Well, that's kind of how they have to do it, you know. Yeah, but I don't think any intruder is going to do as well anymore. Nope. Not. We've taught these guys to be vicious. That's what they have to be. Yeah, I dare say that that's probably the necessity. Next one week, you target, start... One target is not a problem. Six of them, you're going to have a bad day. You know, I hadn't heard that saying before. I like that. The one I had heard was some days you eat the bear and some days the bear eats you. So uh, next week, do we want to start up on ranged combat? Yeah, we can. I'll have to research and develop a Riothaean-sized long arm. Yeah, I I won't be much help there. Uh, ask around, though. I'm sure you can find an engineer who's got some spare time. Uh, if I'm not an engineer, I can always try to track down checkers. Oh, God. And that was in character, the oh, God. Yeah. The only question is now, which one? Why not both? Oh, God. And from there, the camera zooms out as the Riothaeans swarm over you know, an Undine. And with an eight-to-one advantage, take it down. And the camera basically slowly pans down for a scene that someone else has ready. So in... Um... Eli, you get a um, com badge from one of the uh, ensigns in the brig. Chorog, uh, uh, do you want to um, give this ensign a name? Ensign Martinet. Uh, ensign Martinet to acting captain. Captain here. Um, so, um, we've got the prisoner from the Mirror Universe. He is... Uh, Requesting medical service. Um, There's a voice on the back of the line, presumably from another ensign. I mean, to be fair, he's missing an arm. I'll be down shortly. Let me just get um, some staff and uh, a security team. Righto, sir. We'll uh, let him know you're coming. Um, we've got an eye on him, but uh, so far he hasn't made any aggressive moves. At, at, so far, anyway. All right, Eli, who are you grabbing? All right, uh, first off, Ged, because who needs bedside manner? Ged grumbles but follows along. Um, getting Chorog. You know I'm here. Hey, you want to come help me with the mirror, the, the mirror prisoner, mirror Rick? Okay, just make sure we uh, convey him. I don't mean him any harm. <laughs> right. Um, let's get Bryce on in this too. 
At this point, you now have an angry Tellarite, an angry Nausicaan, and an indifferent android. Alright, anyone else I could think of? Hmm. Car, do you want to come? I mean, I'm not security, but hell, I'll go. I mean, since since it seems, uh, since Waitley is, uh, having a sick day, you're technically, I'm, I'm considering you my first officer. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, let's go. After, after a minute, when the camera zooms in on her, her face falls and she goes, wait, that means responsibility, doesn't it? Yeah. And the group moves down to the brig. Uh, Mirror Rick is there in the brig, just sort of sitting down on the side of the bed, his eyes sort of scanning the lot of you as you approach, but then he locks in on Chirog, uh, and just sort of stares, stares at him while, um, you approach, uh, there's a very clear sort of, like, growl, like, almost growl, like, you'd swear he was growling, but you don't hear any sound, um, uh, as he stares down the approaching Chorog. You need medical assistance? Well, it does appear my arm has been shot off my body, yes. Well, I'd offer to give him a hand, but I seem to have blown that one off. <laughs> Kara looks down at her metal hand. Yeah, it's a real bitch losing an arm. Don't give him ideas. Especially... About your species. Go first. Uh, especially considering it was done uh, by one of your officers, uh, he almost <laughs> sort of chokes up the word. Um, I think uh, it is the least you could do in these circumstances. I'll see what I can do. Um, I'm just going to have to come in there and take a quick look at it, get some scans, and do you want just what you had before, by, like, cloned, or... Well, and the cybernetic replacement would be good. Um, you may not be comfortable with that, so I will, um, I will take what I can get, I guess. We'll see what I can do. Oh, I'm sure we've got some tinker toys somewhere and some string and rubber bands we can get together for you. And for once he... And for once, he actually glares at Kara for a moment, just before uh, returning to Chirog. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can rustle up an erector set for him. Ooh, high class. Okay, before I open the cell, I want an electromagnetic field down here. I just don't want to risk uh, any transports, transporters or anything. Ensign Martinet hits the appropriate buttons. All right, sir, we've got a transporter inhibitor field up. All right, open the cell. Opening the cell now, sir. Eli slowly enters, tricorder in hand. Uh, Mirror Rick doesn't seem to be doing much. He just seems to be now just sort of looking between you, sort of sizing you, sizing Kara, uh, sizing uh, Chorog. So he lingers just that little bit longer on Chorog. Uh, before looking at Martinet, then sort of back to Chorok. All right, time to get a scan. Get is there to double check and record all the data. 20, I'm guessing insight uh, medicine? Control if you're using the uh, the tricorder. Okay. Insight if you're just basically doing the doctor thing of looking at him going, hmm, say ah. Uh, 
Okay, so wait, that's 15. It's control. And then, yeah, since I'm probably going to be doing a prosthetic, I have a focus for that. Yeah, you can basically roll that knowledge into it. And uh, since it's, you know, Rick's got all this, we'll let him go with what that uh, two successes means that Eli has learned. So, so uh, you, you can tell that uh, with, with a disruptor shot, um, it was bleeding for a bit, but the Mirror Universe had um, already done the basic medical um, cauterized and, 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 and dealt with it, so it wasn't, you know, bleeding out or anything. Um, the nerves are available. You could do a cybernetic replacement. You could do a, do a, a clone replacement. It's, um, pretty much it. There is some minor differences from your scans between, for Rick, but, um, from what you can tell, he is a good candidate for limb replacement. Everything seems to be normal. Eli gets close and disperse. What's your game? No Terran shows weakness like this for no reason. Well, it seems I am at your mercy, and uh, as you may not remember, that we are not in uh, my home universe. And, well, frankly, I need information. Talking to you Sit is up. one way to get it. Ged looks up at Eli. Plus, we have a duty to treat him, and he wants a new arm. That, too. I'm just, I'm just being sure there's nothing else at play here. It's our duty to make sure that you're in the best care while you're with us, but we're going to, I'm going to see about what, what Starfleet security can suggest guarding you, because we can't keep you here forever. Hey, at least with this one, he's not missing most of his shoulder and his shoulder blade as well. Carl yeah. winces. That does make it easier, so... I'll get to work on this... I can estimate two to three days. All right, well, I'll be here. Do you need anything else? Entertainment? I have some basic access. Understood. Eli gets ready and backs out of the cell. Ged follows. And then Martine just pulls the force field back up. Um, Rick here just sorts of, a mirror Rick just sorts of... Returns his, his still glare at, at Jurog. Um, you've certainly, it's pretty obvious you've made a strong enemy, but he's, let's say, not willing to um, act on it just yet. He returns to um, pacing his cell. As they leave, Carr just looks at Eli. So, what you gonna do? I'm gonna make him his arm. Come with me. He starts to exit the brig. And you can take down that transport inhibitor now. The cell's own should do it. Martine nods and does as he's told, and Carr follows Eli, slightly clueless. Since I'm treating you as my first officer, he, he turns to her after they get out of the hall, since I'm treating you as my first officer, what do you suggest regarding him? Well, he's clearly up to something, since he's from the near universe, and I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. On the other hand, he also hasn't made any unreasonable demands, and he's not doing anything wrong. These are good points. I've observed this as well, and we are well within our responsibility. Do you think we should get, uh... Do you, who do you think we should get about this? Do you think we should get, uh... Like, in, like Starfleet intelligence, or just security? What do you think would be better for this? 
Uh, as far as that goes, I think we should contact Starfleet Security, and if they need to, they'll bump it up to intelligence. I thought you were going to ask me what we should do about his arm. No, I'm just... the situation in general. The arm, I can take care of, as... well, you've seen. Kara nods and says, Regarding that, I do have a suggestion. And the camera fades out as she says that. Is there anything else anybody would like to take care of before I end up uh, doing one last thing and calling it a night? I have something. All right, Mr. O'Connor. Checkers, both of them, are in the pizza place. In the in the Jeffrey's tubes. Pizza oven going hot. They're not drinking the cactus juice, are they? No. Thank God. That was that was only at special request. Thank you. <laughs> Don't um, ask checkers for water. He asked for cucumber water, and as I said last time, cactuses are just basically spiky cucumber. Anyway, um, Dan, if you would like to come in, Daniel, or Chorog, to, for the long arm thing. Chorog is uh, making his way through the um, myriad of Jeffrey's tubes, and eventually, st- eventually, led by the smell of delicious pineapple and ham pizza, stumbles upon the two checkers. Hey, you two, I have a, I have a special, special assignment I need help with. Both of them look at him. Yo, in, they say that in unison. Chorog produces a somewhat outdated Klingon disruptor rifle from beneath his coat. This, but smaller. Think Ryuthayan size. Hmm. And what are you willing to give for this? Whatever you want. We need a test subject. Here, try this. They pull a fresh pizza out of the oven. Chorog takes a bite. It, it is four cheese hot honey ham. Um, the sauce is, you know, tomato, but it's got a bit of honey with it. There's jalapeno, shredded mozzarella, Thai chilies. Oh, wait, it's Thai chili and honey. Sorry. Uh, blue cheese, red pepper flakes, and Parmesan cheese. Okay, we were good until you got to blue cheese. Now I'm going to have to make there a beer roll, but you only have to get one success on this. <laughs> But uh, let's have a fitness uh, command roll from Chorog. Alrighty. Uh, fitness command. You said fitness command? Fitness command. Thank you. Oh no. <laughs> zero successes, zero complication. You, you eat the pizza. You're okay with the pizza. It's not great. It needs something. Chorog proceeds to pull out a small bottle of grappuck sauce from his coat. Blows the dust off the lid and proceeds to pour the, what looks like sweet and sour sauce, all over the next slice of pizza. Uh, that's how to fix it. The, both of the checkers take, take a slice of their own and hold it out for some sauce. Chorog hands him the sauce before taking a bite of the... Improvised pizza. Improved pizza. Okay, so it looks like we both were rolling for different things there, but I'm going to go ahead and take Chorog's roll to say that that actually does hit the spot on the pizza. That totally makes it better. Oh, yes. that's delicious now. This is it. You've done it. We'll have your rifle. But may I suggest something better? I will leave the details to your discretion. Just remember, it needs to be... Small enough for a real Thayan to use, and in close quarters. Close quarters. Okay, yes. Trust me on this, because they're small, and Kara and I have been teaching them swarm tactics. 
Ah, the Soviets. I mean, I want it to hurt at close range, but I want it to really hurt at long range. This we can do. I'll leave you two to it. Both the checkers look at each other and nod. Well, there's one last thing I would like to take care of, but first, is there anything else anybody would like to do? Uh, I have one very small scene. and if anyone wants to uh, walk up to me, uh, Daniel is just kind of standing there looking at the Reliant before heading back onto the ship for the night, just kind of with a with a kind of weird look on his face, maybe a little confused. The tactical officer, Larissa, walks up beside him and looks out the window. Nice, isn't she? Yeah, I guess. I just, I figured, sh- I, I figured spaceships this advanced would be, look a little sleeker, he says, and gestures at the Reliant, still covered in the many assorted pieces that are glued to it from before. Hey, that was Larissa's cleaned off. Like, yeah, that oh, was... Really? Yeah, oh. that was one of the big things that Rick did last time. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I didn't remember. I, I, I thought we just said that, that we were going to wash it off, and then we arrived, and no one ever mentioned it since. Okay, in that case, never mind. We'll, we'll just say that this is a conversation that happened earlier, and Larissa just looks at him and goes, Yeah, camouflage. And I guess the camera just pans away with uh, Daniel just kind of giving a... a Bemused nod, I guess. Sometimes you gotta fly garbage scale. The camera zooms in on Kara in the quarters that she shares with Setza. Setza has accompanied Marcus to his conference at Earth, so she has the place to herself except for Nala. She sits at the desk, typing away a message at her pad. She looks over at her usual bunk where the curtain is closed and there's slight snoring, and then she looks back at the message and sends it off. And simply says to no one in particular, it's not a completely fresh start. It's the best I can do. And then the credits roll. I hope everyone had fun tonight. Yes, absolutely. Hell yeah. Excellent. My powers of bullshittery continue to amuse. You've done it. So uh, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us for Star Trek Reliance. Uh, We should have another episode in two weeks. And... Hopefully by then I will have invented this thing they call a plot. Starting next week, Daniel's new obsession will be learning all about how to program the holodeck. Oh god, do we have another Barclay on our hands? <laughs> we may have to give you the background for that one, Sammy. I don't even think you know who Barclay is, but... Oh man. I don't know, but I'll, he'll start small. Just, you know, recreating the Jurassic period. Yeah, just don't touch Chorog Aggression 1. I think I already have a pretty good hook for next week. Why is it every time we go on the holodeck, stuff goes wrong? Or perhaps right. Anyway, uh, I think that's all from us tonight. Uh, Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Have a good evening. Night-night. Woo! Old.